For as long as we have lived, for as long as we have known, love has carried us. You're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Genesis Covenant Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. You can find out more about us at www.genesiscov.org. Enjoy the teaching in it together. The scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 23, uh, 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. So the first seven verses uh, are pretty sneaky, right? We like this anti-establishment Jesus who is going after the Pharisees. He says, the scribes and Pharisees do what they teach, but don't do what they do. If my boys were in the room when Jesus said that, they would say, burn. (laughs) They tie up heavy burdens and don't do a thing to help people to lift them. Just gentle, gentle carefrontation happening here from Jesus. Everything they do is for show. They wear large phylacteries, and their fringes are long. So phylacteries are boxes that one would wear on your forehead to, that, that carried little um, scriptures within them to remind yourself to be following Torah. And then the fringes were, you've seen a prayer shawl and um, the fringes that hang below your jacket. And apparently the longer the fringes, and the bigger the phylacteries, the more important you were. So, uh, you know, if you really had a position of honor, you could be dragging those tefillim long, long, you know, they'd be dragging on the floor. Um, And Jesus busts them. Now, Jesus himself would have worn these fringes. They're called tzitzit. And if you've read the scripture that uh, people would want to touch the hem of Jesus' cloak because they would be healed. They would, that was the seat seat, the fringes that was hanging out below his cloak, and they would be healed. And so people would want to touch those. And so the seat seat, the fringes of Jesus, uh, were there for healing and not position. But Jesus goes on, they love to sit at the places of honor, to be greeted with respect. This is good stuff. Anti-establishment, go get him, Jesus. But then in verse 8, 
all of a sudden he's all up in our business, if you notice. It switches from the scribes and the Pharisees to you. Hey, Christian leaders, don't be called teacher or rabbi. There is only one teacher and rabbi. In the place of bishop or pastor or priest, nope, not that either. There's only one authority. Master, guru, expert, nope. There's just one master, guru, or expert. You want to be great? Be a total, complete servant of everybody, Jesus says. Now, over the last 20 years, I think our society especially uh, has grown to mistrust leaders in a huge way. There's lots of reasons for that. Politically, it's true. In the church, it's true. There's just this dearth of trust for leaders. And Jesus is speaking to the need for authority, to have the kind of authority that will actually move people toward greater and greater levels of restoration, healing, and beauty in the world. And he's calling out the kind of leadership that is only invested in self-promotion. So the question here is what should the fundamental posture be for anyone who claims to have Christian influence or authority. Talking to you parents, talking to you teachers, talking to you pastors, managers, leaders, if you have influence over another human being, this message is for you. And if you claim to follow Christ and put Christ at the center of your life, then this invitation is for you. So he says in verse 8, you're not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you're all students. We kind of laugh at that, right? But rabbi really means to have a title of honor, which would mean like my great one, or as I read in one uh, commentary, to be called, to be addressed, my honorable sir. (laughs) And we sort of laugh about that, but anyone who is an actual leader, it's true. We kind of want to be known as important. Um, I was at a, I, I was helping a friend set up for one of his concerts. This was years ago. And um, I went up to the tech guy who was leading the setup, and I asked him what I could do to help, you know. And um, so he looked at me, and he, he goes, ah, just a second, just a second. You know, and then, and then I had to kind of come back to him and say, you know, what, what can I do to help? And he, he, he kind of told me what to do, brushed me off, and, because he was really busy. But I remember thinking, this guy does not know who I am. <laughs> I was a super important youth pastor back then. <laughs> Lots of influence. Um. So, Jeff Johnson was the tech, P.S., Steve, yeah. My friend Jeff Johnson. I went on to do his wedding. It was so fun. That was proving to him that I really was important. (laughs) So, you're not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you're all students. Well, the word for students in the Greek is adelphos, and the, the word student is actually a bad translation for what that word is. Adelphos, um... Ah is from, and Delphus is womb. So you're all siblings. Siblings. You really are all in one family. 
Now, here's the thing about family. You can hate them. You can not talk to them. You can love them. You can treat them well. You can treat them bad. The one thing you can never do is say you're not part of the family. I mean, you could say that, but it wouldn't be true. We're all siblings. We're in the same family. I don't care if you don't like your uncle. He's a little weird. He's going to mess up the Thanksgiving dinner like he does every year. He's your family. He's your sibling. And Jesus is saying, if we're going to start anything new, if a movement is going to start out of my teachings, one thing we have to know for sure that everybody is from one womb. We're siblings. Some of you will teach. Some of you will lead. Some of you will serve. But it's all a position of serving equals. That's what Jesus is saying from the very beginning. So all play question, if you're new here, all plays are designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo. What is the effect when a leader needs to be the honorable sir, deferred to, protected? What is the effect in a community or a family or a job, a bo- you know, office, arena? Alienation, Alienation of whom? Yeah. Right. Feel isolated, alienated. Thanks, Bob. Oh, it creates fear. Who said that? Charlie? Say more. Honorable sir is? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. What else? Who first? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a law of scarcity, right? It's, it's, you know, there's only so much honor to go around. And if the honorable sir is going to have enough, other people can't have any. Because there's, there's, you know, it's scarcity, right? There's only so much honor. Ooh. Yeah. You try to, you start to create alliances with the honorable sir so you can maybe get some honor. Someone Say it again, Jonathan. The leader cannot hear the lead. So good and true. Okay. Others have to shrink. Or force their way up. You guys are talking like you have a lot of experience <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, totally. You're looking at them instead of God. Yep. In my experience, the person who actually can be that person struggles Yes, Joel. Joel, that's so true. Um, he said, in my experience, the, the honorable sir actually is quite lonely and isolated and, and hurting herself or himself. Uh, and exactly, exactly. So here's another all play. What's the effect when a leader sees herself as a sibling? It's just more fun. Thanks, Claire. Totally. Yeah, I agree. What else? Everyone sees that they actually are all in it together. Yep. 
tidy. It's easier to see where the vision of where the leader wants them to go, totally. They're more humble, yes. They take turns. Space for collaboration, awesome. In the back, is that Joe? Mandy? Get up here, girl! <laughs> they familiarize themselves with the people because they are the people still, is what she said. Preach. Come on. Um, yes, because there's room for people. Anthony, we're all equal. Thank God. You can benefit from the gifting of everybody, not just the one. Oh, you guys. Can you start to smell what a community of siblings would be like? Now, would there be some fighting? Totally. Some awkwardness? Mm-hmm. Some conflict resolution? Some care-frontation? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Verse 9, call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Now, the legalist among us would then find a different word to call our actual dads. You know, like, can't call you fa, I'll call you dad, you know. So what's he saying? Well, the word for father, pater, it means generational ancestor. So these scribes and Pharisees, um, would have said, hey, Moses is our father. Abraham's our father. And, and then they would get really specific about what lineage they are from. Remember when Paul said in Philippians 3, 4 through 6, if anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day, which was the proper day to be circumcised, uh, a member of the people of Israel, awesome, of the tribe of Benjamin, really, really good. Now he's just going up in rank with everything he's saying. A Hebrew, born of Hebrews, again, climbing the ranks. As to the law, a Pharisee, the best. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church, the best. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. He's, he's in the top 1% of 1%. He's the father, is what he's saying. Because he's connected to all the right fathers. And then he says in verse 7, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Loss. We have one father. So Jesus is saying, uh, and that father is where? There's a little prayer Jesus taught. I'm not sure if we know it, but our father who art in heaven... Right? And so Jesus is saying there is no more any, hier any hierarchy. We have a father that we're connected to. We're all siblings, Adelphos. But it's not because of Abraham. It's because of God who created all through Christ who holds all together. So like this is getting, this is really radical. And so... Um, if you're listening and you have ears to hear, like Jesus says from time to time, you're starting to realize this family of siblings is men and women, it's Jews and Greeks, it's 
slaves and free. It's, and Jesus could, I mean, Paul, when he wrote that, uh, there's now no longer Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. He takes it even further. Like, these siblings, it's not just, well, you're a Jew and I'm a Greek. It's, we're an entirely different category altogether. Whatever we are together is no longer these binary distinctions that we have. Does that make sense? So whatever we are together, Church of Jesus, siblings together, we are an entirely different kind of community that we've ever experienced. We're siblings. We're going to fight together. We're going to misunderstand each other. We're going to ask forgiveness of one another. We're going to make space for each other in our differences. We're going to recognize each other's voices. But in terms of identity, we are siblings. And another beautiful thing about that is, again, in the ancient world, even now, in terms of inheritance, you would only get an inheritance from the father if you were a firstborn son. Jesus is saying, this inheritance that my father is giving is for everybody. And there's not scarcity. Verse 10. You're not to be called masters either or instructors, for you have one master that is the Christ. Now, our mission, our stated mission, in fact, if anyone has their liturgy out, can you please go to the back and in a good, strong voice read out our mission, please? Okay, <laughs> who we are then, sorry. Who we are. Everyone's like, we don't have a mission. <laughs> We're just siblings. <laughs> sorry, read the who we are part. You guys are such, I, I didn't really, didn't, I wasn't even expecting everybody to read it together. I thought one person was, but see, that's just so beautiful. You're all siblings. Uh, what does it mean, this is an all play, what does it mean to be an apprentice? And please don't think TV show. Seriously, just, I mean, yeah, to follow, yes. Scotty said to copy a master to continue on. Say more. Anyone else? Yes. To be learning. To acquire the tools of the trade. To be humble. To imitate, yes. Yeah, they usually would live with their master, kind of take up their master's trade, spend all kinds of time with their master, be alongside their master. To admire the work of the master. Thanks, Bob. That is so good. To know that you are not the master. Thanks, Steve. Servant of one who's greater. Say it again. There's waiting. Thanks, Aaron. You're experiencing none of that right now. Aaron is an apprentice to the Christ in a big way right now, planting Genesis East. It's so beautiful and good. So good to see. What else? Apprentice. 
be actively engaged, Becky. Yes. Whoa, Fred, you're at, the new, you're at a new beginning of dedicating your life to a particular direction. Well, um, I agree with all of those things. And uh, if you're going to be an apprentice, there's some unlearning you have to do as well. You know, you may, you may, you know, if you're an apprentice sailor, I'm looking at John, big time sailor. He sailed for many years. And if someone were to come and say, yeah, I, you know, I learned how to sail uh, from Rick's boat, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Siblings. There might be some unlearning or vice versa. So... um, we're apprentices, we're siblings, we have one father. The greatest among you, Jesus says, will be your servant. And all who exalts themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Now here's an all-play question. What is false humility? <laughs> Humble bragging, yes. Attention? Oh, oh pretension, yeah. But if you're, f- like, oh, someone give me an example of someone who's falsely humble. Fake news? Fake news? <laughs> Say more. When you, when you project the humility that isn't there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you've got internal arrogance, and you're just, you missed your perspective. Right? Sure, exactly. Ah. Ah uh, and ah, uh, I love your shirt. Oh, this thing, I got it at Target for on, on sale. Actually, someone gave it to me. Bought it at the Goodwill. Oh, degradation of, yeah, exactly. Like there's a, like it, for you to be lifted up, I have to be down low. And this is not what Jesus is is saying here at all. Remember, we're siblings, siblings. And he is saying, if you spend your life needing to be exalted and maneuvering and manipulating so that you will be exalted, at the end of the day, you're going to be embarrassed. That's just what he's saying. However, if you spend your life noticing people, living out your tove, as we say it around here, getting the honor from whoever it is that it's going to give it to you but not demanding it, you will be exalted. Jesus, uh, Paul writes this about Jesus. If then there's any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete, church, by being of the same mind. Does that mean agreeing on everything? Absolutely not. It means to have the mind of Christ. We're gonna disagree on a lot of things. Having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. I think that's a bad translation and a bad example, actually. I, 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 don't, I don't like that one. The next 
verse is good. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. That's said much better. Look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but Christ emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the reason why they would bend their knee to Jesus is because they would, they would, one day we all will finally understand that the creator of the universe, the Christ, became humble to the point of giving his life for each of us. The honorable sir. If there was anyone that could be called honorable sir, it was him. And instead of demanding that, he came underneath all of us to lift us up. Therefore, God says, the Christ will be exalted above all others. Amen? But not because, like, he has the name. Because he stooped that low and lifted us up that high so that we could be with him. He carries that authority, which is unequaled. And when you taste that, it's not to be argued with. You can't even argue with it because it's so beautiful. Amen? So may we be people of influence who understand that we are siblings with one another, that we have one father, that we all inherit the inheritance, so there's no fighting over it. And may we serve each other with such joy in learning, that in so doing, we actually experience the abundance of God that can only come when we say, here, and here, let me lift you up. Amen.